Hey everyone, today's episode of Product Explained is brought to you by Exponent. Interested in pursuing a career in tech? Exponent can help you with coaching, courses, and community for aspiring young professionals. Check out Exponent today at www.tryexponent.com. Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast, Product Explained, where we talk about products that we love, some products that have really changed the industry, talk about their history, how they've broken into the tech industry strategically, and what we think about them. So I'm Jeff Lee. I'm currently a product manager in Silicon Valley. Hey everyone, this is Mike Alcazarin. I'm also a product manager in the tech industry. Yeah, and on today's show, um, we're talking about a product that I think most of you have probably used uh, or have at least heard about or use something similar. And today's product is Dropbox. I'm super excited for this one. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of us have some old Dropboxes with a ton of files that we've probably forgotten and they're just lost. <laughs> and you only remember them when you go and clear them out. But um, you know, just for the people at home, uh, a little history about Dropbox. So Dropbox was founded in 2007 by a couple of MIT students, Drew Houston and Arash Ferdosi. Um, hopefully I didn't butcher those names. They are one of the most successful Y Combinator um, alumni. So they had initial funding from them. Uh, and then one of the most well-known uses of cloud storage for consumer use. So I think around that time, Mike, uh, as you probably remember, cloud was just starting to become a, a big buzzword, right? You and I were just starting Absolutely. college, I think. Uh, and My parents didn't know what it was. They thought that it was literally the actual cloud. It's like, what, what does a cloud mean? And uh, what is the internet? So <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I think, uh, you know, the cool thing about Dropbox at the time was it kind of revolutionized file storage, you know, back in the day, and a lot of you, I'm sure still have this, we moved files around in flash drives. And way before that was CDs. And before that was floppy disk. And before that was punch cards. Absolutely. The, the unfortunate thing about Dropbox is it, it killed the excuse that I lost my flash drive or you know I couldn't get anything. We'll talk a little bit more about the benefits of using cloud storage and cloud backup and how it kind of revolutionized the space. But um, a little bit more about the company and the history. Dropbox is one of the ones that kicked off the cloud storage space. Um, pretty easy uh, service model and business model. You're seeing a lot of um, other competitors, which I think Mike is going to talk about in a bit. Dropbox uh, launched to the public on September 11, 2008. Uh, and one of the most notable things about Dropbox was Steve Jobs, late former CEO of Apple, uh, actually once tried to acquire Dropbox, um, but you know Drew Houston, the CEO, refused to sell. And Steve Jobs famously said, well, I guess we'll have to put you out of business. So <laughs> that's, that's wild. I, I actually didn't know that, that um, you know, Steve Jobs tried to acquire But it's Dropbox. so on brand, right? Like, I think, uh, I think that's, a, you know, there's a million stories about Steve Jobs. I mean, obviously, he was a visionary, and but people think about uh, the conversations that he would have uh, with people in elevators. I think people were th uh, really scared to talk to Steve Jobs in an elevator because there was always that chance that you get fired on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> but that was what drove a lot of the, um, I guess, more recent success of Apple. But um, with all that aside, Dropbox relatively recently IPO'd and is a public company uh, as, as recently as uh, March of 2018. Um, but yeah, uh, personal history of Dropbox, as Mike mentioned, you know, I was in college around the time that Dropbox started to become popular. And I remember that they, one of the first things that they did was they started to offer free storage. Is that right? Do you remember that, Mike? Like people were like, hey, you can just sign up for a free account. 
like your Gmail or whatever. Yeah, totally. Um, I know that, you know, it was one of the, the first um, really viral ways to get mar- the pro- product marketed. I know, yeah. you know, you could make up, not make up, but, you know, write up a bunch of different email addresses and get X amount of no, additional No, absolutely storage. make up. Don't, <laughs> don't sugarcoat it. Yeah, we were making I up I can't tell you addresses. how many emails that I made up just to have more storage, right? No, but um, m- most definitely. Um, and then, you know, Jeff kind of got in, glossed over this and then talking about with Dropbox, um, how it was founded and all that. But um, what Dropbox is for, for folks that might not be familiar. So Dropbox, it's, you know, essentially a, a virtual hard drive that you can share with others and access from anywhere. Um, you know, at the time, as we Jeff alluded to back when Jeff and I were in college in 2007, um, you know, data storage was just an absolute nightmare, a uh, huge customer pain point to just for me to get a file from, if I'm in a study group, it was a process of emailing it to myself as a draft and then like trying to like log into my email at a different computer or, you know, just giving a physical floppy, or not floppy drive. Oh my gosh. Um, You're not that old. I'm not that old, no. Um, but yeah, just a something to, you know, a thumb drive. That's the word I'm looking for. I haven't used one in so long because we have the cloud now that I don't even know what it's called. But yeah, a thumb drive to, to one of my classmates. And, you know, God forbid that you lost that. It'd be a total nightmare. Um, but that was the thing. I remember like, you know, walking around and having assignments backed up on thumb drives and some people would double back that up. But, you know, it was a very regular occurrence, right? To have people losing thumb drives or I hate to say it, but like the dog ate the homework is became more real because people, you know, dogs would chew up and they're, they're just little thumb drives that they would just chew up and they're like, they acted like toys. So totally. Um, it's weird. Cause like, I feel like thumb drives now, um, like, I'm not going to say they're obsolete. Like, I feel like floppy disks became obsolete really quickly with CDs uh, and other storage systems. But do you feel like floppy disks or, flo- sorry, um, thumb drives are still kind of prevalent? I, I did today. it to you as well. See, now you're thinking yeah, know, floppy now disks. Yeah, <laughs> about floppy disks. No, so I, I, I don't think so. I think I think they're having this slow, painful death just because, you know, there is still a lot of utility. But memory is so cheap that yeah. like, the one that I have on my desk here is a... 64 gigabyte, you know, and I'm sure in six months, that's going to be, you know, like 64 terabytes. It's just going to explode. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just dying that slow, painful death, because if you do need those yeah. big files, like a, a giant video file to share with <clears> someone, <throat> um, you can just they almost give it. it away now. Right. Like, I feel like there was a time, uh, even, even in college where like you would go to these job fairs and they would give away thumb drives and you would like, if you got 500 megabytes on a thumb drive, that was like, that was an awesome takeaway. Yeah. And now I remember like, I, I think I have like a junk drawer somewhere with a bunch of them and they just, like, there's, I don't, there's, I just threw them all away. Um, but yeah, you're certainly right. I think, you know, cloud storage today is like obviously ultra convenient and it's now the gold standard, but you know, equally, I think, um, you know, you can go out and buy a thumb drive for super cheap. So if you're trying to store, you know, like you were saying, like a couple hundred gigabytes worth of storage, then it economically makes more sense to get a thumb drive and just take it with you. Totally. I think there's kind of like this middleman now where people take the, like there's portable hard drives. Yep. And so now you can store like terabytes of data for like 50 bucks. You can store like a terabyte, probably cheaper now, right? Um, I, but I, I have all my stuff backed up locally on a hard drive, like all my pictures, um, and photographs and videos, I have all of those backed up because, you know, the cloud is great, but it's just so expensive, I think, for to, like, to really scale, at least currently. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, Dropbox did just a really good job of getting the foot in the door right as, you know, it was all like the perfect storm of this giant customer need to, you know, move files to the cloud, but also just to, um, uh, in, just in terms of timing, you know, and like having a really good customer experience. Um, you know, as you mentioned earlier, making up emails, I think, 
you know, one of my favorite sayings is build marketing into the products that you create. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. So, you know, in order to download someone else's Dropbox mm-hmm. file, if someone was sharing a file to you, you have to actually register for a Dropbox account. So yeah. that's like one of the, you know, flywheel effects in and of itself. Um, yeah. And then let alone like, you know, kind of gimmicky, very effective marketing activities like, you know, sign up and get an extra 100 megabytes of, of storage. Um, I think I still have this, uh, <laughs> that free storage from back in the day right. from, from my Dropbox account. But yeah, I think it was like really brilliant what they did um, in terms of getting, you know, getting the foot in the door, especially like knowing the target segment. It was really for, at least I felt at the time, it was the perfect product for me, which is a college yeah. student that had all of these like files that he needed to collaborate with different groups and different folks. Um, they're really able to to run with that because like at, at the end of the day, they were, you know, at, at MIT students, I think, uh, Arash might have dropped out um, to to focus on Dropbox full time, but uh, yeah, they were building the product for themselves, which is which is really cool. Um, yeah, I think it it is really neat to have like you as a user, you as a pro user, um, and to kind of reiterate what you're saying about how they grew organically. Um, I I felt like you, just so that people are aware, I don't know if I think this is still the case, but back in the day. When you would invite people to Dropbox, um, every person that you invited, you'd get additional storage space. And so Mike and I have talked about it a couple of times already on this episode, but um, we would make fake email accounts to just invite ourselves. <laughs> there was 10 <laughs> Jeffries kinda, all communicating with each other. <laughs> you would just kind of dump them. Yeah, because you, you, you can only do it for new users. So obviously, if you're already an existing Dropbox user, it didn't really matter. But something that's really key that you mentioned was um, you know, sending invite links to people, and then they have to download or open up, open it up in Dropbox, and they all, all of a sudden come on platform. It's a you know kind of a soft registration in some ways. Like you don't have to sign up for an account always, but um, you have to come to Dropbox. And I think that was a really crucial uh, idea because something that I had watched um, recently was something along the lines of why didn't they just send the file? You yeah, know? Um, have the file included, but that was intentional. You know, I think uh, Dropbox did a really smart thing, saying no, we're just going to give you a link, and you have to come get it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and and so people started to, to figure that out. Um, and I want to talk a little bit more about like how, you know, Dropbox maybe compares to some of its other competitors in the space, right? I think, um, you know, Dropbox is real, obviously, I think one of the first, but, you know, people now, I, I would say arguably 80 plus, 90 plus percent of consumers have a Gmail account. And with that, they probably have um, a Google Drive that has a lot of storage so on the consumer side, there's that, but then there's also companies like Box, which I think focuses more on enterprise. Definitely. Um, are there any others that you can think about um, off the top of your head, or? Yeah, so not off the top of my head, but I, I think like a good framework to to think about, you know, who Dropbox was competing with, and I think it's evolved over time. Where yeah. you know, in 2007, uh, if you use the framework jobs to be done, the you know the job that needed mm-hmm. to be done was to share files. So like we talked yeah. about in depth was. Um, it, Dropbox was competing with your flash drives or was competing with your draft emails or was even competing with just, right. uh, you know, whatever, however you could, could share a file, you would. Um, but, you know, back in 2007, they had competitors like Carbonite, Mosey, FolderShare, Box was, was still around then. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's just evolved like over time where Dropbox is now also, you know, effectively, like you mentioned, competing with products like Apple. You know, I know like one yeah. of the, uh, you know, features that Apple has if you have an iPhone is like, cloud storage so you take a photo and you can expect it to show up everywhere um which is kind of like what dropbox was trying to do is just have your files you know be everywhere and just be ubiquitous um but yeah it's super interesting how they've been able to carve out their niche because box the other competitor in the space is 
seemed to really take off after that enterprise phase. And, um, yeah. you know, Dropbox definitely seems to be filling um, some enterprise. More consumer. I mean, yeah, more right. consumer. Yeah, yeah, a little bit a little bit of an enterprise as well. Definitely. Right. But more like the, the, the small, medium businesses. Um, yeah. But yeah, super interesting just like how that's just evolved over time and also how they've been able to remain relevant for, you know, 13 years now. Yeah, and I think they're synonymous, right, with cloud storage. I mean, maybe some of the Zoomers now will say Google Drive, <laughs> but um, I think, you know, what's really interesting, and one of the reasons why we wanted to cover this, um, you know, Dropbox as a company as a product is because it, it's almost table stakes now, cloud storage. Like at the time, it was an, a new offering. It was brand new. Like it wasn't something guaranteed and you kind of had to go out of your way to adopt or pay for it. But now like you're mentioning, like everything has some level of cloud storage, like everything um, and, and every service most SaaS companies offer up um, some level of cloud storage as part of their package. Um, and it's not a separate thing. So like, you know, um, Mike and I will talk about this later, I'm sure a bit more, but we previously worked at a company uh, where they were launching their first cloud product. And part of that was, you know, cloud storage was included in, in the product. And that was kind of a big deal. And we didn't actually charge for, I don't know if that's changed since then, but we didn't actually charge for storage space. So, um, I think now people are taking it um, for granted in some ways, but what I love about talking about the strategy of Dropbox and how it's evolved over time is, you know, how has people viewed the product? Because, um, you know, the thing is people always start to, you know, they take something new and uh, inevitably they'll take it for granted and it just becomes something that they're com commonly used to, right? Um, 100%. Kind of the baseline of, of what people expect. Yeah, I mean, not to like keep hammering that point home, but it's just um, like they really took on that, you know, as cloud was becoming this giant thing that people could explain. I remember there was even commercials about what the cloud is and it was just, yeah. I think it might've been a Microsoft But they never commercial. explained it. Well. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, <laughs> oh, like your data is there and it just confused everyone. Uh, but Dropbox was actually, you know, really like one of the first companies and first products that was at the, the forefront of something that's now just totally ubiquitous. Right. Um, yeah, like, like Jeff mentioned, like the, the company we used to work at had free storage, but I've seen it in other products as well that don't make a ton of sense as well, um, where they just throw yeah. in free storage. And it, I almost feel like they're just trying to, you know, throw additional features on just because it is this table stakes thing. And also, you know, maybe it's a small way to get some markup. Name your cloud service like AWS or Azure, you know, Google Cloud, just a couple like extra cents on top of that and, you know, monetize off that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're starting to to dig into it a little bit, but I'd love to talk about you know what we feel like um, are the good and bad of Dropbox today. You know how you know obviously it's kind of evolved a little bit. I think since it's come out, um, it's mostly I think the same product. But uh, we as product managers, what we think would be you know ways that we can improve Dropbox or what we feel like Dropbox is doing well and not doing well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think something that they've been able to do. Um, just in today's day and age, it just remain relevant. You know, like we're yeah. we're still talking about them 13 years later. Um, right. So kudos to the the leadership team there to you know keep driving the, their product strategy there. Um, from a product perspective, um, I haven't been a power user like I have been um, back in the back in the day, uh, where I like was only Dropbox, where I was you know huge into mm -hmm. it. I wouldn't put anything yeah. onto Google Drive. I think one of the things that um, Google Drive ate a little bit of their lunch was with integrating across Google Drive, where yeah. a lot yeah. of the work that you were doing wasn't like, people were essentially sending, you know, dot docx files or Word files yeah. back and forth to each other. So, uh, you know, Google Drive centering that into to one place, I think, took away a right. lot from um, from Dropbox. I think that was a 
maybe a bit of a missed opportunity, but I have no idea what the, you know, engineering effort would have been to create your own, you know, word processor. Yeah, I think there's obviously a lot of, um, a lot of benefits that Google Drive already had, like they already had the user base of Google, um, you know, everyone's already gonna kind of have a Gmail account, and they kind of give you this, hey, here's this free storage, why not use it? Um, and then the other thing that you kind of mentioned that I think is interesting is having it all centralized in the cloud allowed for collaboration efforts. So that's when docs and I think docs and forms and um, sheets kind of came after Dropbox, I believe. Um, Definitely. And then, uh, you know, like version history is like, that's like, like a really big deal. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it because I, I totally forgot that when we were drafting uh, documents, you'd send them back and forth and you'd have to try to name them like version 52 and then like. <laughs> Hopefully you guys don't like, send over each other and like now you have two competing versions and you have, uh, you know, conflicts and stuff like that. But totally. It's so funny in my, in my day job, I'm so like hyper aware of, the, of that. Uh, yeah. But I haven't thought, I haven't like explicitly thought about it since you just mentioned it, but I will, I have to name all my versions and then date them. So it's like V0.4, you know, MDA. It's like very particular. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say I'm like a pricing expert by any means, but I do want to talk about kind of their pricing model and how they, they kind of have a, like a large gap uh, in their pricing model currently. So if you compare their free model, um, it's actually a, a little bit worse than Google Drive. Like the Google Drive, all they ask is, you know, that you sign up for a Gmail account, and you get a Google Drive. And I think they give you less storage than Dropbox does. Um, and then I think the next tier of paid premium model is about comparable to Google Drive. So that's kind of a problem, I think. Like, you know, usually when, when it comes to companies that need to scale, um, they want to try to get as many, especially if it's a freemium model, um, they want to try to get as many people in as they can before they start converting. Totally. Um, and if your value proposition is like the same as another company that's doing it better, like they're giving you the free tier better, then you're not going to be converting any of those to, to paying users. Um, like if they had lower, if they gave you more storage for the price point or, uh, if it was less money for the price point, like, you know, I, I think that that would then you can kind of argue, you know, either side, like, oh, you know, if I'm if I pay, then Dropbox is better, so I'll go to Dropbox. But for most people that are free users, it doesn't make sense to go to Dropbox. I think that's pro probably part of why people are kind of drifting away from the product. I think I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, I, I would love to be on the inside and understand because, like, I'm sure they've made the conscious decision, you know, that someone has shown that that's a gap. Where yeah. if you look at the freemium base model for like us versus Drive. Um, they're, they're beating us, but maybe those just aren't profitable customers right. because those customers essentially are, are us as college kids trying to get as much data for yeah. as cheaply as, as we can get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they might have that as a firewall to, you know, from a business perspective and they make all their, their money uh, on the small, medium businesses and the enterprise um, software, which I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do. I'm sure we could dig into their financials now that they're, they're public, but yeah. I think that it does hamper them in the, in the long term because I feel like a huge part of their success was because of that, you know, just total viral marketing of, right. um, hey, this data is so cheap and it's so easy, like just do it. And now all of us are like using Dropbox, but now I wonder if that will tell off in a couple of years after. Yeah. Uh, it's a play that I think a lot of other companies started to do. And I think Dropbox, to me, at least to me, seemed to like have kicked it off or uh, have been one of the earlier adopters of doing this uh, network effect type play where you're inviting more users and by inviting users, you get more stuff and they invite more users and, and, you know, X, Y, Z. I, I saw this documentary called social dilemma yesterday. And something that they mentioned was one of the earlier social engineers or VPs of product or something was talking about Facebook and the way to get Facebook to really rocket 
off was um, they had to get to the only metric that they cared about was getting users to like seven friends within 10 days or something. And then they knew that they could keep them like that was the highest leading indicator of retention. And that's I kind of the that. same thing here, right? Like I think, totally. uh, you know, when people are inviting you to Dropbox, you're like, oh, like maybe I'll use this. And then someone else invites you to Dropbox. Like, oh, well, you know, maybe I should take a look at this and uh, hear people losing their homework or whatever. And they're like, oh, <laughs> well, I wish I had backed this up and stuff like that. So I'm sure those are just professors that are like, no more homework is lost, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, I, I can't take that excuse anymore. Yeah, it's, it's super interesting. Like I, I would love to be a fly on the wall just to guess like what that, what those metrics were like for for Dropbox like as it as it was growing in like the 2007 2010 you know like what were those like three or four levers that if you just pull them I'm sure like that's gonna drive us like wildfire because I, I I have to imagine that they knew that folks were making up emails and creating accounts but I think that yeah. those are probably just like the users that were so passionate about the product that would just be that word of mouth marketing that you needed to just keep driving usage of the product yeah. So I think in terms of today, I would probably, I think the only thing I would really do different is, and I think they're starting to do a bit of a bit better job about this, but you mentioned integration. And I think that Google Drive, it's great because they're kind of integrated into anything. Um, like if you apply for a job today, very likely it'll be like, do you want to upload from your computer or do you want to uh, like sync it to a Google Drive account? And I, th I think Dropbox does that more today um, and they probably have started to do more integration type work. So I think they're catching up, but you know, the problem is they don't have the same user base as Google Drive. Like everyone has a Gmail or some sort of email now. And even if you had a Dropbox, you have to sign up with an email. And very likely it's a Gmail. <laughs> so um, it, it, I think that's kind of difficult for them to, to for them to overcome. But I, I think otherwise, maybe providing storage to other companies as well, not just for them and their enterprise, but as a part of another service, right? I'll give you an example. Like, you know, a lot of people now have home security cameras and uh, they have cloud storage kind of built in. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you're a company that's big enough and can provide your own cloud storage, great. But you know, it could also make sense to just have, if you have a Dropbox account, link your Dropbox account, and then you don't have to manage 15 different storage cloud storage accounts. And then it's just kind of all there. And then you can kind of manage one subscription and then that company doesn't have to build out a cloud storage system. You know, it's, it's kind of win-win. Um, totally. But, well, it's interesting that you mentioned that. Cause I, I think that you know, one of the things I wanted to touch on today was just like where we are today with Dropbox strategy. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, Dropbox, I think a couple of years ago, 2016 or 17, they, they actually, they made the decision to, to move off of Amazon's AWS S3 okay. um, and actually wow. start building out their whole own, um, their whole internal, uh, infrastructure, infrastructure yeah. for, for data, data storage. So they're no wow. longer like using external, um, cloud storage, uh, which they enable them to hmm. scale, but, yeah. uh, I know like the, the, the latest stat that I saw is that that reduced their operating expenditures by about 75 million per year. Oh, geez. Um, yeah. So definitely a huge, like, you know, help to, to their bottom line. But I wonder, you know, to, to your point is like now that they're this size, they have all this hosting that they own. Yeah. Maybe they can start transitioning to different business models of, you know, going after like your, your rings or your simply safes with, yeah. You know, yeah. Can they offer storage. the same thing that AWS does? Um, totally. Yeah, totally. So it's a whole new like business, like, but that's, that's only a business that you get to like at a certain scale um, to start, to start attacking that. Uh, but super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Something that we'd like to do in the show and we, we want, we want to try out is just giving our own reviews of the product. Um, you know, just giving an overview or a summary of some of the things that we covered today and, giving it a score. I think that's something that we want to try here on Products Explained. So 
So I think from a product market fit perspective, I think, um, you know, Dropbox is a great job. People need cloud storage and they offer cloud storage or like, you know, they offer a really easy way to sign up. You get free storage. If you want to pay for more storage, you get more storage. It's a very simple, you get what you pay for kind of exchange. Well, you didn't um, pay for it, Jeff. I didn't pay for it. That's true. Yeah. Those 10 free Gmail accounts uh, paid for it. Which but you were the metrics that, that they needed for the venture capitalists to say, yes. Exactly. Yeah. I inflated their user accounts. So in, exactly. at the end of the day, I think I paid for it in some, some different way. Um, in terms of pricing, I think, uh, you know, I would, you know, I think the pricing could be a little bit better. I used to be at a time where I feel like I didn't want to pay for anything, especially freemium models. Why would anyone pay for this? But then you get to the point where, yeah, you know, you can see where some of the premium features make sense and you start paying for them. I think I'm just starting to get to that in my um, in my life where I'm like, oh, I, I don't <laughs> mind paying for the premium version anymore. In fact, I did pay for more Google Drive storage recently. So I ended up doing that. Um, uh, but I do think that if they had priced a little bit more competitively, I'd, I think they would probably see a lot more people go that route. Um, in terms of their overall strategy, I think early on having this invite, um, you know, organic growth model was really, really smart. And now you can attest that their strategy was efficient because people copied them. And now you see like LastPass doing the same thing and other companies kind of doing this invite model and you have to come on platform to get what you want. In terms of the customer experience, I think, you know, there's no real qualms about Dropbox. It's such a simple business model, right? Um, it totally. just kind of works. Um, but yeah, in terms of anything else, I think, uh, you know, I feel like it's not that feature rich. I feel like it could have a bit more features. If I were to give this a review out of five, um, I would probably rate it somewhere around like a 3.9, um, five meaning like a, you know, home run product that I think, uh, you know, makes sense. The price is great. People love using it. People rave about it. People tell their friends about it. Um, and they couldn't see themselves using something else. Um, and I'd say like three and a half is somewhere uh, in the range of like, it's good, but you can find replacements really easy. I'll leave it up to 3.9 because it's kind of hard to move my stuff off of Dropbox to other stuff. Like, I think that's the pain <laughs> point that I have. So I'll give it a 3.9. Yeah, totally. Um, super interesting. So going after your product market fit, you know, I would definitely agree with you. And I think that you have to look at Dropbox at two different lenses in time. I'll do a throwback just to be a little bit different because it sounds like you're reviewing today's product. I think the product market fit back in like 2000 you know, 10 when I was in undergrad, um, super solid. Like, like Jeff said, like we needed, <laughs> we needed data storage. So they, they made data storage. Yeah. <laughs> um, pricing at the time was great for me. I didn't have to pay for anything. <laughs> so definitely love that. Um, and, you know, like we talked about with the overall strategy of just, you know, how can you reward your um, earliest adopters and Dropbox, I think nailed it on the head with, you know, let's give them free storage because we're going to rave about it and we're just going to keep talking about it. Still talk about it 13 years after you got into storage. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And the customer experience um, back in the day, it was great. I mean, just replaced so many different things that I was doing. The flash drives that we talked about and the email drafts and losing all of that. Today, it definitely feels bare, bare bones. But um, back then, that was, uh, you know, the only thing that we needed. Um, so looking at with the lens of like, you know, back in 2010, um, just to, to see how this, this drives, I would say that was like a, that was like a 4.5 for me. Yeah. If I take on today's lens, not to go like through everything, I, I would hundred percent agree with you, Jeff, um, on like the, the features and the, and the strategy. And, um, I would rate it, rate it probably closer to like 3.75. Um, yeah, yeah. mostly for the same reasons where I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm stuck with all my, all my files there. And I still um, have like, I, you know, I, I use their sync folders. I still have a lot of stuff in Dropbox. Um, and I just don't want to move it. So like totally. I end up, I end up finding myself using multiple different storage, um, places, probably for the better, but those are our thoughts. So we'd love to hear from you guys listening to the show. Tell us more about 
uh, what you think about Dropbox. If you like the show, we'd love it if you subscribed on whatever you're um, checking us out on, whether that's YouTube or Spotify or Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. If, you, if there's anything else that you guys would like us to review, then let us know and um, we'll try to review that soon. So thanks, guys. Thanks, folks.